Welcome to From an Open House Podcast. We're here. We're doing it. Again. Look at us go. I just have to say preemptively that this week has been a a rough week, so I'm not quite my usual energetic self, but I will try. <laughs> try to be energetic. I really will try. Um, hi. <laughs> I don't even remember what our last episode was. Oh, the journals. The journals. We really hope that you enjoyed. We got a kick out of it. We got some feedback that some other people got a kick out of it. Yeah. So (laughs) if you haven't listened to episode six, um, Journal to the Past. I I have to admit, I didn't know what that reference was. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) I named it. I named it. And I always try to think of, like, a clever, like, kind of fun name. Uh And for some reason, that just popped right into my head from Anastasia. So, two people. Oh. um, Rachel Doyle. Rachel Doyle. Shout out. And Susie Galley. Both got the reference. So, 100 bonus points to each of you. Good job. The rest of you, you're at zero with me. Come on. Let's rally. (laughs) Pick it up, people. Let's go. (laughs) I will try not to make such an obscure reference in the next. Was it that? So the actual reference was Journey to the Past. Journey to the Past. Is that like a song or something? Yeah, it's a song in Anastasia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nope. So I was really obsessed with that. Is that the one that's like dancing bears and something, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's (laughs) the same song or not, but. It's something like in the jewelry box. One that's once upon a December, and that's like very like ethereal and like she's kind of dreaming a little. little. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't that song. Journey to the past. Is that the guy singing? No, it's her singing, and I think she's singing about her past, like her family, like one reconnecting. Yeah, she the royal. Yeah. Okay. If you guys haven't (laughs) seen Anastasia. I think you should. It's not a Disney movie, as a lot of people think it is. <laughs> but it's not, okay? But it's not. I don't know where you could watch it, though. So Probably YouTube in pieces. Yeah. I'm or sure. you know what? A lot of local libraries have a very large DVD collection. <laughs> Check it out at your local library. This has been a commercial for your local library. Sponsor. Well, this podcast episode is sponsored by your local, local. library. <laughs> Hashtag not really sponsored. Hashtag no, but I really do like libraries. Where to watch Anastasia? I'm Googling it. Oh, you could stream it online on Hulu. Is it? Oh, it's on HBO Max. Yeah, see, that always tricks me. Is it on Disney Plus? Can you watch? Well, it's not on, it's not Disney. Yeah, but full movie, DisneyPlus.com. Well, maybe they bought the rights to it in 1997. Oh, it is on Disney Plus, y'all. Oh. Maybe it's, Maybe it's not. Okay, this search? is too much. Just search super quick. I just want to know if we can fully, yeah, That's rule fun. out. It's not on Disney Plus. Never mind. Cinderella three. <laughs> Cinderella three is. I one day, like years ago, watched. I really don't like Cinderella, but I watched all three Cinderella movies. Wow. They were all terrible. I don't like any even of them. the first one. Isn't that like the original? The yeah, original? I just don't like the story of Cinderella in general. Oh. Why? Well, first of all, I did a class, in, not in college, but it was a college class in high school mm-hmm. where one of the units is literally just on Cinderella. And we watched and read every version of Cinderella mm-hmm. that exists and like dissected it to pieces. And the biggest thing for me and my friends was like, okay, Cinderella, she's living this life. And for most of her life, she's like, 
okay, this is what she has to do, right? Mm -hmm. Then she's at this kind of breaking point where she finds herself with this opportunity to go to this ball Mm -hmm. and she doesn't really do anything of her own volition. Like everyone's kind of pushing her towards this thing. Like she never actually makes decisions for herself to like change her destiny. The prince is like, you're beautiful. Let me dance. Well, even before that. So it's like the, the mice and the animals and the fairy godmother and like all these people are pushing her towards this thing Interesting. And so, I don't know, it's just a really interesting thing of, like, she never actually makes her own decisions or... I don't think I ever thought that. Oh, I wouldn't have either if I hadn't taken this class, but we had to dissect every version of Cinderella that existed, so... I honestly know the basic plot points, but I don't really... (laughs) It's not a go-to movie for me. Other than, didn't we watch a Cinderella... Didn't we watch? She's in the, uh, like a fake Hallmark with oh, Diane. Yeah, it was like <laughs> it was like she was trapped in the elevator at this orchestra concert or something. Oh yeah, and then it was too dark in the elevator <laughs> that he didn't recognize her the next day when she was planning his party or something. It was weird. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, but it is it is a story that continues throughout. Yes. Like, so many other plot lines and so many other... What was that movie different. called? It was it was doctor-themed because he was a doctor. He was a, a doctor, doctor and she was a nurse. No, she was a party planner. No, she was a nurse. And we're thinking of a different movie now, aren't we? <laughs> I think we're merging two <laughs> we movies. We watched too many <laughs> terrible... Rom- the one where they get stuck in the elevator, he's a doctor, she's a nurse. No, she's a party planner. No. The it's, elevator? No, when they get stuck in the elevator. What's what's the one where she's the where she's the party planner, <laughs> and, and he doesn't recognize her? I thought that's when in the elevator, because then she's no, like that's not the elevator. That's the, like the masquerade ball. Oh yeah, <laughs> you are mixing two There's terrible movies that we watch. The masquerade ball with the stockings. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. That's that's the difference. And she wants to own the party Also Cinderella themed. Yeah. She wants to own the events company and her co her cousin who also owns it is like, I'll give you the my rights to the company if you do everything I ever want for the next X amount of time. And then the other (laughs) one is the nurse and the doctor are both at this concert or whatever. And then he's like a new doctor and everyone's like, oh my gosh, he's so hot. Yeah, <laughs> he's so hot. I don't remember what either either of them are called. One of them's like called oh. Prescription for Love or something really stupid, which like neither of them were pharmacists. Because it was doctor based. Yeah. I was trying to find if I could see like recently, recently watched. watched on my... Wait, well, can you just type in prescription? I just want to make sure that's the right... Yeah, Prescription, prescription for, for Love. love. Is one of them. It's Prescription for Love, subtitle, A, a Cinderella, Cinderella story. story. Not even trying to hide it. That we stole the plot have, line from Cinderella. I have no idea what the other one is I called. don't either. Masquerade Ball? No. Masquerade. Wait, wasn't there? It was like Christmas Masquerade? Oh, Chris Masquerade. That's yes. what it was. Is that the name of the movie? I'm going to Google Chris Masquerade. Chris Masquerade movie. A Cinderella, a Cinderella also... Christmas. Oh. Angie works hard to run her uncle's events businesses while her cousin Candace takes the credit. Oh, dear. 
you know what we should do an episode? Let us know if you guys want this. We should just discuss the terrible movies that we've seen. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen so many. That's like one of Jamie and I's favorite things to do is watch a terrible movie, Mm -hmm. drink some alcohol, and just have a blast. Yeah, just really make fun of it and poke all the plot holes. and. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) our actual... Topic for right, today. Right, 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 right. So, um, Annie, who was on our episode th- four, I think, um, from from Annie and Alex, <laughs> she sent us some topics and questions. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much because we literally sat down to do this episode and had zero percent idea what we were going to talk about, but now we do. Thanks to Annie. Um, so she asked uh, us to talk about sustainability. She said, how do you guys create sustainable rhythms in your life and avoid burning out? And I guess my first thought for me is one of my biggest things isn't necessarily creating rhythms, but about setting boundaries. For me, it's a really big deal to take note of those things that frustrate me or drain me or well up resentment and bitterness within me and to either distance myself from them completely or set like boundaries of I can interact with this person or I can do this thing but only once a week or something. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be a little thing, but... It's draining. It's draining, yes. So one of the little things, for example, would be at work... Sometimes people just leave their dishes in the sink. And so for a long time, I was like, oh, I'll just wash their dishes. Part of my job is like keeping up the appearance of the office. And it's not like it's that hard. Like the actual task itself. No. Washing a dish. Absolutely not. And I decided randomly one day that I was like, this is just making me resentful of these people. And even though I really like the people, but just from that moment, I felt resentful and of my job, and of that place. And so I said, it's just such a small, dumb thing, but I just told myself that I would not wash dishes anymore. And every once in a while, if I'm having a good day, and I'm feeling good, and I feel like I'm doing it as a gift to that person, in a day when they're maybe having a really busy or hard day, and I know whose dishes they are, and then I'll just do them. But now I don't do it. And sometimes dishes sit in there for 24, 48 hours, but... They eventually get done. Someone else will do them. I don't have to do them. So it's really for me about what is mine to do and what is not mine to do and what's going to make me just a better person all around, I think. And it sounds like part of it is like your attitude going into the task. If your attitude going into the task is, ugh, why can't they do their dishes? then it is going to be more draining versus, oh, yeah, I can do their dishes for them. Yeah, and I think for me, it's a slippery slope because Mm -hmm. I can't have that attitude every time because Mm -hmm. I'm human and have faults and I'm sinful. But I think once I start doing something, I have to make sure and check in with myself and say, how are you feeling about doing this? Or just note when I'm not feeling good about something mm-hmm. and why am I not feeling good about it am I not feeling good about it because I'm just having a bad day 
or am I not feeling good about it because this is something that I have to do all the time and I really shouldn't have to do this. We're all adults. We should all be able to wash our own dishes. I feel like, I don't know why, but for me, I've never worked in a typical work setting. So this is from my own limited perspective of what office life is like. Mm -hmm. To me, it's like a sign of immaturity that like, I don't care that I'm leaving my dishes in the sink for other people to look at as they're taking their break. Like, I just have no disregard, I have no regard for anyone. And I'm just going to leave my dishes, unless it's like, oh, I will have time after I'm done working, so I'm going to do my dishes after work or something. But it's not your house. Yeah. Well, and I think, I can understand sometimes people are like, oh, like I heated up this can of soup in this bowl and I'm going to let the bowl soak. Or I just ate lunch and I have to run to a meeting, I'll do Mm -hmm. my dishes when I come back from the meeting. I like I can be understanding to it, but it's not again, it's such a small dumb thing, but and I think part of it sometimes is I know there were a lot of people that ne- never expected me to do their dishes, but I think there were some people that maybe did expect Ew, me. That is definitely because not I good. am lowly office manager. Oh, really? Not just like, oh, Jamie's so nice. She'll do my dishes. It was... No, I think it's sometimes about the position. Because I, I feel that way mm. a lot about different tasks at that job. Interesting. Which is a part of the reason why it's draining for me. Because I feel like there's this expectation that it's I am not, going to do yeah. something. And that's not part of your job. Yeah. And... Ugh. Yeah. And... I, yeah. So another... I mean, a lot of the stuff that can stems from this job. And it's easy for me to pinpoint it to that. Because it's just a generally not fulfilling job for me. One of the other things I grew really resentful about was, I think it was the first winter I worked there, and I just started working at the end of September there for the first time and had this like whirlwind of no one actually trained me to do my job, and I'm just learning to do my job, and I'm so overwhelmed, and I just am trying to figure out what exactly even is my job and what I'm responsible for and what I'm not responsible for. One of the things that I was used to be responsible for, and I'm still kind of am, but is coordinating kind of like the building maintenance with the landlord and being kind of that go-between person. Here's the long story short. <laughs> Snow plowers were supposed to plow the sidewalk, and they used to, but he wanted to save money. So he was going to ask the janitorial staff, which was just one college student, to shovel the snow whenever it snowed. This kid was not super reliable. So there were many, many times during that winter that who shoveled the snow? Jamie. Ah! Because I, no one else was going to do it. Like, who else is, no one is going to do it if if I don't do it. And granted, like, it was a little bit of reprieve for me to be able to say, like, I can bill those hours to him. Mm -hmm. But even then I was like... This isn't my responsibility. I would be so bitter shoveling each oh, time. Believe you me, I don't know what it is, but it always snows overnight, right? <laughs> and so I come in, I see that it hasn't been shoveled, and I know he's not going to come and shovel it. And so the first thing that happens is, okay, I have to go shovel the snow. That's not my responsibility to do because someone else, like forfeited their responsibility to do it and then it just sets my entire rest of my day off on a bad foot and then the next year I told him I said you know I would really appreciate it if you either paid the snow plower to do it or found somebody else reliable because he wasn't reliable and I don't want to 
I don't think I should be doing it. And he did. So like setting boundaries is really a big thing for me to avoid burnout. And I don't know, honestly, if I had to do that for another winter, I don't know that I would have, would would still be there. Oh yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It wasn't okay. (laughs) No. But it's the, that's the thing is that like when you don't set boundaries for yourself, people will take advantage Mm -hmm. of you and you'll find yourself doing things that are draining for you or that build that resentment and harbor that Mm -hmm. bitterness and you'll find yourself just being drained and burned out and so for me I know that my biggest thing isn't necessarily like a rhythm although I think rhythms are also important but for me it's about setting boundaries Mm -hmm. for myself because I know that it's easy for me to just do things for people not think about why I'm doing it or if it's mine to do. I think what you said about setting those boundaries, otherwise you will end up burning out. The more that I learn and talk to other organizations that are doing similar work to Corey's house or what we want to be doing, the more I hear, like, avoid burnout, like, make sure your staff feel cared for. And I think part of feeling cared for and part of I mean, I get. I mean, part of it, it's like a feeling of family, but also even just like belonging and understanding how you fit within the organization is knowing your role, and knowing yeah. and knowing this isn't mine to take care of. And part of it is I trust that mm. this other person is going to do it. Yeah. Because otherwise, it leads to that. Like, I hope that college kid shovels the snow. I'm gonna trust that he is. Oh, there he go. Nope, he didn't do it. Yeah. Now I have to do it. And, like, understanding, that's something that I really want to make sure that I create with the atmosphere at Corey's house is is having clear delineations of this is my responsibility, this is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, like, hopefully establishing trust between the different roles so that no one feels like this isn't mine to do, but I guess I'll do it. Right. And ha- creating a culture of communication in that too Mm -hmm. to say hey I don't actually know who needs to be doing this like can you help me understand whose role this is or even between staff members of saying like hey this is yours to do and I I have been doing it like Mm -hmm. how can we how can we shift this yeah how can we help you take that back on Mm -hmm. because I know I shouldn't be doing that and so just creating those like really open conversations between people I think is really and Helpful. I feel like I feel like it would be different if somebody at your work, going back to the dishes example, yeah. if somebody were to be like, hey, Jamie, I really have to run to this appointment. I'm going to leave my dishes in the sink. Or like, Jamie, I am so sorry. Do you mind washing my dishes or something? Yeah. Versus just like, I'm going to leave the dishes and eventually they'll get done. Or even like yeah. the snowplow guy being like, hey, I just called. The college kid isn't going to be there. I'm so sorry to have to put this on you. But somebody at your on your side is gonna have to deal with the snow. Yeah. Well, I mean, the snowplow guy knew it wasn't his role, but what really should have been the college kid saying, yeah. "Hey, I couldn't make it in to." Yes. Like that even would have been better for me. Yes. Than any sort of communication, acknowledging I, that this isn't your job, but you yes. are gonna actually have to do this. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That acknowledgement piece of saying, like, "Hey, this isn't yours to do," but. Would you mind doing it for me today? Mm-hmm. Because X, Y, Z. I can be understandable to almost a fault. <laughs> like, and beyond, like, 
more than other people can. And so I think if... And I feel like with that... Sorry, I'm really no, it's interrupting okay. it. But I feel like if you establish that protocol, that procedure, then it also becomes clear. Like, you've asked me five times, the last five times it snowed, to yeah. do your job. Yep. Like, do you see that there's a pattern happening here? Yeah. And then you have, like, clear things to go off of. Like, this is this is evidence. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, a big thing is advocating for yourself. And, mm-hmm. like, in that situation, I know that I had messaged him and I said, you know, I've noticed you haven't been coming around to shovel the snow. Are you still able to continue doing that? Or do we should we find somebody else to do it? Like, no hard feelings. Yeah. It's okay if you're but busy. Like, and you're, this is a thing that needs to happen and you're not able to do it right now for whatever reason. Yeah. There's no need to, like feel bad about it necessarily it's just like be honest and like for him to have advocated for himself and say look actually you know what it's a really bigger burden on me than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. and it would be really helpful if you found somebody else yeah and so just by, be honest yeah be honest about what's burdening you and be honest about what you can and can't do mm-hmm. yeah like what are you capable of giving yeah. your time and energy be realistic yeah with what you actually can do i mean that's a, that's something else i'm learning with Corey's house is trying to find the balance between like what i'm asking of volunteers and what they actually are capable of because mm. sometimes i it hasn't really happened with Corey's house but i feel like again talking to other organizations a lot of times volunteers will just like overcommit because they're so excited about mm-hmm. whatever it is that then you're left being like, okay, well, this still hasn't happened. This still hasn't happened. Yeah. This still hasn't happened. And trying to make sure that I'm being respectful of what you actually are capable of. Clearly, there's an issue here. How can I help you get this done? Would it be better to bring somebody else on to help you with this? Or yeah. like, whatever the solution needs to be. Because if you don't recognize what you're capable of, like with your time and resources then somebody else has to kind of step in and be like, hey, this isn't going to (laughs) work. Right. Yeah, and it is hard, like, especially for things like volunteering, and I've done this as well, where I volunteered for something, and it started off as, like, already, like, overwhelming, or it got to a point where it, like, grew, and it was overwhelming. Jamie was on our launch team for Corey's house when we first started. Yeah. And then... I mean, you can share more about Yeah, that. well, I think for me that one was about, like, I was in a season of saying no to things that weren't where God was directly calling me mm-hmm. to kind of make room for him to work. And so one of the things was it, I really struggled with this because Abby is one of my best friends, and I really believe... <laughs> Oh and gosh. I really believe in what she's doing, and I know that God has really called her and put that on her heart. And so for me to say, God isn't calling me to this, mm-hmm. to your launch team right now, or maybe ever, I don't I don't know what that looks like in the future, but I know for right now I have to step away because he's calling me to these other things that I have to focus my time and energy on. And that was rough. I had just come off of like a whole year of doing that. My word of the year was focus. And it was like, 
get rid of all drop of this. Yeah. Have to drop that. And I had to say no to so many people and so many good things. Mm-hmm. It, none of them were bad. None of them were harmful. None of them, all of them were good and they were all doing good in the world. But none of them were for me to do. Mm-hmm. And that was such an important lesson. And I think sitting here today, I'm a much better person for having advocated for myself and set those boundaries because now to practice that is so much easier when saying no to the big things. It's easier to say no to the little things now. When mm-hmm. I just kind of divided everything and said, these are the things I can't do anymore and these are the things I'm going to focus. Because now I feel like I've gotten to a point where I'm doing a lot more things again, but they're all with purpose. Mm. And they're all things I've prayed about and felt God leading me to rather than saying, this is a good thing and I can do this. Like I'm able to help with this X, Y, Z, but it is not necessarily mine to do. And it's not necessarily like what God has laid out and fulfilling and yeah. I guess this is an answer to Annie's question about sustainability and a very similar thing happened to me where if you're obedient to God, God will show you what those things are. Like Mm -hmm. you were saying, like Mm -hmm. he will let you know the things that you need to drop. And one of those things for me was youth group. I was really, I've always been involved with youth group. It's one of my favorite ministries and I love investing in kids and building those relationships. And last year, well, I guess it was this year. It was 2020, right? It was. Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. What a long year. So I've been volunteering at my old church for, this. it was my third year this past school year. And in like February, God was like, you're not going to be able to do both. Mm. You can't do youth group and, and Corey's house. And he basically was like, you can only have one priority ministry. Hmm. And for me, youth group was a priority ministry. If I'm volunteering in your youth group, I'm coming to all the events uh, as best as I can. I'm going to all of the volleyball tournaments, all of the plays, all of the cello recitals, (laughs) like everything that I possibly can because I want to be investing in the kids that I'm connecting with. And so... God was like, you can only have one priority ministry and it can't be youth group. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, oh dear. (laughs) So that was definitely something that God just had to show me that Mm -hmm. I needed to drop because otherwise I would have held on. And I don't know, like, I have no idea how I would have gotten through even now the school year. And it's only October. Yeah. But like, I've had a crazy September already Mm -hmm. and like, the next few months are just going to be even more. And now Wednesdays are days when I try not to plan anything Yeah. so that I actually have a day where I'm not doing anything. I think that's a big way to avoid burnout is just be willing to listen to God and be willing to let go because he will tell you what you need to let go. He will. And it's going to be really hard. I cried about it quite a bit. Yeah, same. (laughs) But yeah, it's... That's definitely a a big way to make sure that you can avoid burnout. I was just talking with my friend Beth. Shout out to Beth. <laughs> oh, earlier Beth? today via does text. Beth does Beth listen? I don't know if she does or not. Oh. But I was texting with her earlier today. So she might not even. Yeah, I think she, she does listen. <laughs> I don't know if she like listens 
like regularly. Re- um, yeah, like right when we. She's put not it one out. of our fourteen regular <laughs> listeners, yeah. um, but she'll listen eventually. Um, but we were talking, and I, I was talking about kind of what's been going on and some of the next steps that I'm taking and hoping to accomplish by the end of the year. And I said, you know, I feel like I'm going to be really busy for this next season, but it's going to be busyness with a purpose instead of busyness for the sake of being busy. Mm. And even though I'm doing good things, I didn't feel like I had purpose. And she was just like, yeah, like you're amazing when you're driven. And I was like, yeah, I I, like I feel like I am (laughs) like when I'm driven and I have a purpose versus when I'm just floundering and grasping at I have to do this and do that and get this thing done. But when I'm doing everything with a purpose and where I feel like God is leading me, I feel more myself. I can be busy and still be myself and still have part of me instead of just like letting go of all, letting go of myself to all of these things that God isn't calling me to. It's just a completely different, it's amazing, like how different it can be. Amazing. The two types of busy. Busy for the sake of being busy and busy mm-hmm. with a purpose. And I think that's maybe part of why I'm, I told Jamie and I told you guys I'm having a rough week is that knowing that the next couple weekends are going to be busy, but it's not going to be the kind of busy for a purpose. Yeah. I mean, it is. Part of it, it is, but like some of it's not your purpose. You know? I'll be, okay, I'm just going to be honest. So <laughs> I, my brother's getting married and I'm not super close with my family. So I'm not super close with his fiance, but there's been some issues within the bridal party. So I have had to step up and I've asked God for opportunities to serve my family. And so this has become lots and lots of opportunities <laughs> to serve my family by being there for my future sister-in-law. Mm. However, that means that it's not necessarily things that I'm like excited about. Like there's a party this weekend, there's a dinner next weekend, then we have the rehearsal dinner, and then we have the wedding the next next weekend. And it just feels like all of that time that's... And it's part of me just being stingy too and being like, but it's my time. Ugh. But it is more draining and it's more exhausting because I just feel like I'm being busy. But it's not going to be fulfilling Mm -hmm. or it's not going to be pouring into me, which is a really selfish attitude. And I understand I'm being very petty right now. But it does it is different being busy, just being busy versus like I'm like excited about this. This is giving me energy. It's like really something I care about I can like tangibly see the impact it's making yep and who knows I mean I hope God will use the next few weekends to demonstrate his love for my Mm sister-in-law but it just is like I think weighing down on me that it's like all these things yeah (laughs) well and it, it sounds like too that because of some other extenuating circumstances mm-hmm. that some stuff has fallen on you. It's just that like shouldn't when, have fallen on you. Just, and, like that whole boundaries thing of like, yeah. this shouldn't have fallen on you. It, it wasn't originally in your, like the expectations yeah. of what you were going to do and be involved in. And yet here you are taking it on yeah. to help serve, but it's not yours to do. And so that's, that's the heavy part mm-hmm. that weighs on you is that when it's not yours to do, but you're doing it anyway. So basically, the maid of honor, for whatever reason, has just not really been as involved. So 
that means that I've had to step up. But then I like learned that she's also mad at me for stepping up, which just adds, yeah, which just to me adds more stress because she's coming to this party that I'm having this weekend, but she's mad at me for throwing the party, but she also chose not to throw the party. It just is like an added layer of like, well, I don't know what to do because the bride isn't having this isn't having a bachelorette party because you're not willing to step up. So yeah, I'm going to step in and say, I can plan your bachelorette party. But then it just feels, and this is also just my personality is very black and white. And so I'm just like, well, that's not very logical. If you're not going to plan the party, then you can't get mad that someone else is planning the party. I mean, that is logical. (laughs) That's very logical. So I think that's maybe also a factor is, yeah, it feels like I'm doing stuff that I, I honestly expected I'd go to the rehearsal dinner, I'd go to the wedding. I didn't expect to even really be involved in anything else. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's that added, that added stuff that, again, is not part of your initial role and you take on. And it's, again, it's not a bad thing that you're doing any of this. It's really good and it's nice. And you're like doing it with a servant heart to say like, I want to do it and I want to do it well. You're not saying like, okay, let's just do it and get it over with. Like, here's what we're going to do. And like special things that she would enjoy, Mm -hmm. but it is not as easy to do it when Mm -hmm. it's not coming from a place of like, oh, it wasn't originally mine to do. And now I'm just doing it. I just happened to be. And I think just because I don't really know her that well, it's also just like an added factor. Like if I was planning a a party for you, I would be having more fun because it's like I can do fun ideas and I know that you love games so we can play some of your favorite games and like have a giraffe theme or like whatever. (laughs) Like I I Mm. know more of like the things that you like so it just is easier and more natural to plan something for you. Whereas this party, I feel like I'm just, like, scraping a bucket trying to be, like, does she like this? Would she enjoy this? I don't really know. Yeah. And it feels kind of weird to ask her, like, what do you want to do? Like, to an extent, I have. I think that's, again, just an added layer of, like... Yeah. Oh, dear. I don't even really know you, but here we go. Yeah. It shouldn't have been you, but it is. It shouldn't have been me, but it is. So how can I serve? Yeah. Anyway, was, uh, I'm so sorry that this just became into Abby just vents about <laughs> being in this wedding. <laughs> no, I think it's a good example of that, um, yeah. the boundaries piece. I don't know. So for me, that's like, yeah, the biggest thing is just boundaries with what I'm doing, what I'm not doing and advocating for myself. You've talked about before, like boundaries of, of time and mm-hmm. time for you. Yeah, definitely. I think when Annie asked us this question and we were like sitting down talking about it, I realized that for me to avoid burning out, I do actually need time where I'm just sitting and vegging out. (laughs) And I know there's like the whole conversation if you've listened to Jamie and I guest star on The Awakened. Yeah, The Awakened (laughs) Project podcast. (laughs) Um, We kind of talked about, or I kind of brought up the idea of like resting in God versus just relaxing and I didn't realize how important it is for me to just actually relax I went camping this weekend and then I had a really busy Monday and so Monday night came and I was just in a really bad mood 
the whole day. I felt like, I was like, why am I in such a bad mood? I don't understand. Camping is fine. Like it wasn't super emotional or anything. It just was like, I'm camping the whole weekend. (laughs) And then I have Monday and I'm doing all the stuff for Corey's house all day and and evening and then I got home and I just was like oh my gosh I really am so excited to watch an episode of 30 Rock with Jamie (laughs) and just not do anything and just Mm -hmm. sit and be entertained Mm -hmm. and so for me I think that that was a like I mean I'm 30 years old you think I would have realized this but understanding that there is a time and a place for relaxing Mm -hmm. and maybe for some people camping would be there (laughs) (laughs) would be relaxing for them it's not my natural go-to especially it was really cold okay it was like 26 at night I was so cold and I don't normally go camping so just I'm sorry if camping is your way to relax, but it was not my way to relax. Don't come at Abby and be like, camping's so relaxing. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe it's not relaxing for everyone. And it isn't relaxing (laughs) for me. It was fun, but it wasn't relaxing. As I was thinking about Annie's question, that was something that came to my head. It was like, oh, for me to avoid burning out and feeling like I have no... It's not control, but just feeling like I have no... Maybe it is... I think maybe it is feeling like I have no control over my schedule and feeling like Hmm. my schedule is controlling me and like Mm. I have to go here and I have to do this and I have to make sure I edit this video and upload it at this time and all of those things. For me to not feel like that, I have to have time that I'm just sitting and watching TV or just reading and not doing anything and knowing that I have that time to like Mm -hmm. look forward to yeah so I actually have noticed recently even if we're in the same room you'll be on your phone or like just flip something on the tv while I'm on my computer or whatever just to have that Mm -hmm. time and it just takes me off guard just a little bit because I'm like usually if we're like in the room together we're doing something together for the most part watching tv or playing a game or something but I was just like oh Okay, she just needs a little time to do her own thing. I really do. And it's only been in the past like couple of weeks that I've noticed it. And I think it's just because my schedule is getting yeah more and more busy, which is a great thing because it means Corey's house is moving forward and things are happening. But yeah, it definitely has forced me to be like, I need to watch a YouTube video right now <laughs> in the ten minutes I have before this next thing or whatever yeah. it is. Well, it just lets your mind sit for a minute. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to prompt anything. You don't have to think about the next thing. You just get to just be focused on this one thing and someone else gives you entertainment and information <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. I think you're right. I don't have to be planning the next thing. I don't have to be like thinking. I literally just sit and get to just consume. Mm-hmm. Do you think some of that comes from leading and having to make decisions mm. and having oh, yeah. to coordinate other people and meetings and whatever? Yeah. I think I think that is definitely a factor because I don't remember ever feeling like this when I worked just like a normal full-time job. And I'm technically only doing 20 hours a week at Corey's house. Sure. Which like really ends up being like 25, 30, whatever. (laughs) But I knew that going into it. But even when I had like a full-time job, I feel like it was so different because I was just doing what I was told to do. Like, I loved working at Half Price Books. Also, just because I love good deals on books. But I loved just being told what to do. 
don't have to make a decision, yeah. can just like, okay, now I'm going to work the register for an hour. Now I'm going to take care of the travel section for an hour. Mm. Now I'm going to do this for an hour. And I just check the schedule for my shift that day and just know every hour was planned for wow. me. Wow. And like, I didn't have to worry Love about it. anything. And now it's the opposite. I'm literally organizing everything myself. Yeah. So again, I'm not naturally a leader. It's not my natural go-to. So I think it's there's just maybe a learning curve to this. Realizing what I need in order to be able to plan all the things, organize with people, connect with you. Are you doing this? Has this gotten done? I can do this. Right. What can you do? And yeah. As soon as you asked that, I was like, oh yeah, that's... That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the question was leading, but... <laughs> yeah. But it really is. Yeah. Check out coreyshouse.org if you want to learn more about what we're doing. We should use this <laughs> tiny platform that we have. We to should let those 14 plug. regular listeners. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, let's check know. in on that. Let's see what the actual. Also, if you are listening and you live in the Twin Cities area, you can check out coreyshouse.org, click get involved, and we're doing these mini family photo sessions. So if you want to get a photo with people you care about, if you know somebody that would want to have a nice, some nice photos, we're partnering with a great photographer, send them to Corey's house. I think it's coreyshouse.org slash photos. Yeah. Send them the link to families that you know, or even just like friends that you think would want to get pictures together, pets, roommates, whatever. We just, we'd love to, we have a few spots open. So what if somebody listens to this podcast and signs up for that? That would be amazing. That'd be so fun. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Did you double check? I did. It is coreyshouse.org slash photos. Yay. Oh, I do want to say, I'm just going to apologize in advance if this does not come out on time, Mm. if it did not come out on time, because as mentioned many times, This has been a very long week, so it might not get done on Thursday, and I'm so sorry. It's all right. Abby does all the editing, which is really the the grunt work of it all. (laughs) I would say, yeah. Just know that for every episode you listen to, I've probably put in the amount of the episode times three. So if it's like a 30-minute episode, I probably put in like an hour and a half of work, which is fine, but I don't have a lot of time this week, so... Sorry about that. Well, thanks for doing it. <laughs> no problem. Again, if anybody uh, wants to for free edit our podcast. Oh my gosh, that would make me so happy. Be so cool of you. I mean, I guess I could do it too. I don't, I've never edited a podcast. I'm sure I could do it, but it would probably take me. See, you could do it, but do I want to take the time to teach you how to do it? I mean, I could probably just. You want to try? Do it. You want to try this episode? Sure. Uh, guys, edited by Jamie. <gasps> this this, this episode that you're listening to was, <laughs> maybe it was edited by maybe. both of us. Maybe, yeah. Oh. I'm, we're, not, we're not sure. Yeah. I'm sure I can figure it out. Okay. Oh my gosh. If YouTube. You, YouTube. That's true. GarageBand, whatever. Yeah. That's pretty, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. I'll give you like a brief 101. What if I delete the whole thing? I would be really sad, but then we would just re-record. Great. Maybe I'll save an extra copy, just in case a backup <laughs> copy. Yeah. Um, this has been our podcast. Thanks again to Annie for um, giving us the topic about sustainability. Really appreciate it. Um, again, if you have anything you would like 
us to talk about, any questions you'd like us to answer, you can find us on Instagram at from an open house, or uh, you can email us from an open house at gmail.com. Has anyone emailed us? No. Cool. <laughs> Never once has anyone emailed, even if you just want to email us just for the sake of us getting... If you want a shout out, send us an email. Ooh, that's good. Mm. Send us a topic or an email and we'll give you a shout out. Yes. And next episode, we already know what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, next episode we're going to be talking about wisdom and the advice that we've received and how we feel... Um, being in our 30s versus being in our 20s in regards to being wise. Yeah. The level of wisdom. Has it increased, decreased, stayed the same? Find out (laughs) next episode. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Wait, you have to say thanks for joining us at the kitchen table or whatever. Do I always say that? Almost. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us at our kitchen table. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.